0: Today's scripture reading is taken from Psalms 145, verses one to nine. I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thank you, Hung. Okay, let's pray as we come into today's sermon. God, we thank you for who you are in our life. We thank you that you are here in our midst. We pray, Lord, that today as we come into your word, that you teach us your word, you help us to become a church that stands on you as the God of all generations. We pray that you speak into our lives, speak your truth today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We want to start with a little game. We're going to start with a little game called Generation Gap, okay? And this is a test for the adults. Anybody would dare to try or not. What does the word Riz mean? (laughs) 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 Huh? Happening. Mm, Okay. Any other guesses? What does the word Riz mean? Riz, Riz. Auntie Steph, you want to try what? Sleep! It means to sleep, okay? Any other tries? What does the word Riz mean? What? Any other try? Okay. Riz (laughs) must give price. Later got a lot of food. Yeah. Correct! Well done! Okay, riz comes from the root word charisma. So like we used to say someone got game, right? When the guy can pick up the girl, we say you got game. And now we like to say they got riz. Okay, okay, they say I'm not part of their generation. Fine, they say riz. (laughs) Okay, bussin. What does bussin mean? Yeah, something really good. Okay, specifically what thing? Food. Correct answer. We say sadab. (laughs) (laughs) We say sadab. We say shok. They say basin. Okay, okay. This one I really cannot say. The next one. Because when it was first used on me by Andrew, I had to ask him what are you saying? Bat. What does bat mean? Batman. (laughs) What does bat mean? Anyone don't try? Come Bobby, what does bat mean? Since your name starts with B (laughs) Wait wait. wait. No idea. The same bussing girl. I know. (laughs) Come, you want to try? (laughs) Yeah, it means okay, sure. So like Andrew was like, like, "Hey, we meet at 2.30, okay, then bad, bad. I was like, what are you talking about? What bad? (laughs) Okay, it means okay, sure. And you know, as we think about all these things, as we think about the differences that we have in generations, What the Greek philosopher Hereticus said when he said that change is the only constant sometimes becomes all the more true. Generations go by and we feel lost trying to navigate the different lingos of the age. And the news doesn't help either, right? Channel News Asia just recently released this article that said, The Big Read, Generation Gap. A bridge too far, or are we making too much of it? And the very first line of the article goes, labels such as boomers, millennials, and Gen Zs have not only become identifiers for different cohorts, but also become synonymous with negative behaviors or mindsets. I mean, it's really not uncommon for us to hear Things like, wow, the young people nowadays are, ah, or for them to say, wow, these boomers are, ah, these Karens are, ah, and I can't even, like, never mind, I, like, they don't even understand what Karen means. Okay. <laughs> and we're constantly faced with this idea of a gap. The young don't understand the old, the old don't understand the young, and it leads to tension, it leads to suspicion. And while all of us are well-meaning about each other, like none of us are going to say that we mean harm on the other generation, very often we like to pick the easy way and avoid speaking to each other, thinking that's the best way to go about it. And we see this problem come into the church as well. Research group Bana, these are a group of researchers in America who do polls to help church leaders cope, give them data to cope and to run around, and to navigate, rather run around, to navigate the trends of the age. They found this out in their survey. That in the past 10 to 15 years, a million kids who grew up in church have left. And in that same survey, this just makes up 22% of people who they classify as prodigals the ones who grew up in church but they have ran away. Another 30% are the nomads, the ones who will tell you they're Christian but they haven't been involved in church or in any church activities in the past six months. Another 38% will find themselves being habitual Christians, meaning they attend church once a month but they don't necessarily subscribe to everything that the church believes in. Only 10% were found to be resilient disciples, meaning people who are firm in the Bible, firm in their faith, people who attend church, not just services, but are involved in the church community beyond that. And this paints a pretty bleak picture. But stats and information are just informative. And as we open today's, as we go into sermon today, I want this to be the tone. Turn to your person on your left and on your right and tell them this does not need to be us. With more conviction, this does not need to be us. (laughs) Because in this same survey, it presents us with hope and opportunity about this next generation. The first one will seem like, a, will, will, you'll be like, ha, how is that hope? But I'll explain a little bit. This is a generation that are connected, but they feel alone. This is the most spiritually open a generation has been in ages. And this is the same generation, this should excite us the most, that longs to make a difference. How is this hope? Because being connected but feeling alone means that this can be a generation that are on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Brail. What else am I missing? Am I missing anything? Insta- why did I miss Instagram? Goodness. Uh, <laughs> LinkedIn. This is why you cannot take bubble tea later. <laughs> but being a generation that are connected but feel alone, it means this that as connected as technology can make us feel, we know, this generation knows, that there is a deeper inner longing that has yet to be fulfilled. Being the most spiritually open generation can sometimes make us uncomfortable because we wonder why do they get involved in all this new ageism, in the secularism of this world, in every single problem, and and all the new age spirituality, and da 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 That's the negative side of it. But look at its core. At its core, it's a generation who is searching. At its core, it's a generation who loves the world and says, I need to make sense of this. And this is a generation that longs to make a difference. There are people who are not just going to take instructions, not because they're rebellious, but because they need to be connected to a larger cause. Because they want to see that the things that they do impacts and changes the world around them. And this makes us, and gives us a brilliant opportunity to disciple. Because the thing is that the answer to the questions that this generation is searching for, we carry as a church. We carry as a church. Who is the answer to all loneliness, that all these artificial, superficial connection can fulfill? Cannot fulfill, rather? Who is the answer, Christ alone? Who is the answer to the spiritual openness of the generation that says and looks at this world and says, something must be different. There must be a God somewhere that needs to be something bigger than myself that I can find myself in. Christ is the answer. Where do we find purpose in order to make, in order to rally the generation that says we want to make a difference to the world around us, the biggest difference that we can make is not in this world right here, but onward to eternity and who gives us that strength, who gives us that purpose in Christ alone. And that's where we come in as a church. Because the job of discipling this next generation is not just mine or not just the youth leaders, it is us as a church. More research tells us that for a young person to be embedded into the faith, they need five touch points, five adults. I know I'm very big, but I'm still one, okay? Okay? They need five adults to speak the gospel truth into their lives. And this doesn't mean before 516 things that I'm not talking to them today. This is not just talking about age. I want us to think about generations as us who are Christian and the people who are yet to know God that as we walk around in school, as we speak, as we interact with the people who are yet to know Christ, we too are speaking into the lives of the next generation of Christians who we are being discipled to disciple. And it's this idea of sharing in the faith from generation to generation, whether that is younger to older in physical age terms or in spiritual age terms, that we're going to dive into Psalms 145 today. It's a praise psalm of David, and it's very likely one of the very last psalms that he wrote. And through his whole life, this psalm forms the climatic expression of his praise. Imagine you lived your whole life with God, and if you know the story of David through the ups and the downs, and all the roller coaster of his life, he was ultimately found as a man after God's heart. And being found as a man after God's heart, this is his climatic expression of praise. This is what he sits down and says God deserves to be exalted. God deserves to be lifted high. And these are the words that he writes. And right in the center of this psalm, okay, not center in terms of chronological order, but in the middle of this psalm, he writes this. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And in the face of a generation gap when we can't even understand what they mean when they say okay, bad, 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 bad. We can't even understand how they say how, how they're saying okay. We ask how? We ask how can this become a reality? How can one generation commend your Another simple, the thing that unites us together as one, the thing that brings us together is Christ alone. The God who was the same yesterday, today and forevermore is God above any generation gap, is God above any differences in language. He is God of all. And when He becomes the centre of what we exalt, when He becomes the centre of what we praise to each other as we speak those truths into each other's lives, this becomes a reality. We look how David starts the psalm. He says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever. The very first idea that David brings out is that the context of generation, declaring to generation, is on the greatness of God. And this happens when we remember Him where our discipling of the next generation begins when we ourselves remember the greatness of God. And it's not just some head knowledge, it is something that has been embedded into our lives. Look at the way David writes. He says, I will extol you, my God and King. There is an innate desire within David that says, I will. I have this desire to give glory to God. And it's not just an innate desire about this faraway distant figure that he thinks is God or he knows is God in his head. Look at the language, that, that very subtle language that he uses when he says, my God and King, because it is embedded in true relationship. That David desires to praise God because he has this relationship with Him, because he has encountered God, he remembers who God is in his lives. And he writes, I will extol you, my God and King. And he doesn't just end there. So deep is his relationship that he says, and I will bless your name and praise your name forever and ever. And he brings this section to a close, repeating that triple-fold greatness of God, right? Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. When we have a relationship with God when we remember how God has spoken and how, what the works that God has done in our lives, when we remember who God is to us, it doesn't just change us from the, in, it, was, rather, it changes us from the inside out. It changes us from the inside out that when we have this real, true relationship with God, it overflows into the actions of our hands. It crosses that bridge from just head knowledge to meeting us in our hearts, and it changes the way that we live. And that is the foundation by which we can begin to speak into generations, whether older or younger, or younger to older, when we remember God. And at this point, and we're going to be doing this throughout, I'm going to preach a little, and I'm going to get a testimony from 516 to share the point because ultimately today, it's it's about remembering His goodness and letting this generation speak into the church. And so with that, I want to invite Zach. Where's the drummer? Ah, yes, okay. I want to invite Zach up. Zach is one of our newer youths. He's been with us for about a year or so. He's got a real heart for people, and despite the ups and the downs, we know and we believe that in him is also a real heart for God. Come, come. Hey, you're not shy one. Man. Why are you suddenly act shy now? Uh, <laughs> I, have stage I have stage fright. It's okay. And last year, we had a youth camp in December. We had a session on the Father Heart of God. And we're just going to ask Zach to come and share his story. Okay, okay. Let him find his script. I slow down. To share his story of how God, <laughs> of how he encountered God.
2: Hi guys Hi. <laughs> I'm Zach uh, I joined Five sixteen like in November yeah so sorry sorry for the pauses I've been struggling to commit with God and last year in Youth Alpha, right? You know. Uh, okay, in church camp I I broke up with my non Christian girlfriend. I I just did it. I was in Emmanuel Hall, I I didn't know what to do because I felt this connection with God. I felt that I wanted to worship in church i wanted to commit to him more yeah
1: here yeah 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 but bro you have it written down just read no, it no, no but i written it down like uh, okay. I, okay okay
2: i summarized the whole thing uh, so so this year i have done i've seen the lot and joe has i've talked to joe i've talked to Chihan and You know, I, I. I thought about it. I've been praying to God about it, and so sorry, guys.
1: Okay, let me help him out. <laughs> let me help him out, put it this way. Last year, we had a church camp in December. Okay, I'm, I'm going to let him here so that you know it's not a fake story, okay? It's a real one. Okay. <laughs> so last year, we had a church camp in December, and we had this session where we talked about the Father heart of God. Okay, And as Zach sat there in the room, I saw him at the corner of the room somewhere, and he was really just... I. I,
3: I... Can, can, can I add on something?
2: <laughs>
1: <sighs> okay, I was really sick.
2: During church camp, because I had a lot, I had a fever. Like, I don't know. I just felt lethargic, but I don't know who gave me the strength. But I know God did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and he sat there, and then suddenly I saw him leave the room. And when I came, when he came back, I just asked. I said, Hey, Zach, what what happened? And then he said, I just felt God calling me back to worship Him, so I walked out of the room to break up with my non-Christian girlfriend. Straight away, bang. And I was like, ha. Huh? <laughs> right? But, and then earlier this year, as we were at a diocesan prayer meeting, I think what Zach was trying to share right at the end there was we, we talked about how he has a heart for people. And Zach is and at the diocesan prayer meeting, he indicated that he, if God calls him, he'll will be willing to consider full-time ministry in the future. Okay, so yes, thank you very much. That that exact story. Um, And that's what we mean when we say, as we remember God, as we remember who He is, it's not just something that we intellectually know, but it changes and it shapes who we are. That brings us to the second portion, to proclaim Him. It's the center verse for today where it says, One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. But look at the picture being painted in these verses now. It's not of a single thing that is going on, of, of one man who is high on praise and just saying, God, you are great. But it paints this picture of a community of praise. It paints this picture through the words that David uses, through this Day and day and I continuum that they will commend the works of God to each other. Right? He says, "I will meditate; they shall speak. I will declare; they shall pour forth." There is this constant day and I back and forth going on, where David is locating this praise in the midst of community, where David is locating this praise in the midst of community, and that's what we are to be to each other. That we are that. It's not just about the social functions, but we recognise that we as a church community are standing here, are being here as one to speak into the lives of one another and we are recognising the importance of every single one around us in this community of praise, one Bible commentator puts it this way, David looked for God's people to encourage each other in praise. An older generation might inspire a younger generation to praise by remembering God's mighty acts in the past. A young generation might stir praise in an older generation by declaring a fresh and new, the fresh and new thing that God is doing. And maybe for us, it can look a little bit like this, right? Where 516 can learn to look at the adults when they worship so that we don't look like statues that are meant to be like terracotta warriors, uh, <laughs> right? Where we can begin to look at how the adults express their praise. We can begin to look at the freedom and the, uh, by which they sing and they are raising their hands. And at the same time, the adults can look to the boldness, the dare of this young generation and say, we can do it too. And in that way, We proclaim God to each other in the midst of community. I'm gonna share two stories now. I'm gonna invite Patrick and Emily to come. Um, Let me share a little bit about them as they come up. Um, Patrick, he actually serves as a primer in Boys Brigade. And in fact, he's one of this year's President Award winners. (laughs) Um, and, And this guy, he's got a real passion to grow spiritually as a person. He's an incredible servant. He's someone who has an amazing work ethic. Um, And we're just so proud of him. And Emily, um, you saw her her singing today. She's probably our newest member. Um, She's Tihan's girlfriend. Uh, (laughs) But more than that, in this few months of knowing her, she's got a real passion for God, a real tender heart to want to see God move. Um, And in fact, okay, I'll let her share that part. Um, It's in her story. But but I just want to use their stories and how they have been impacted by community to inspire us to embrace the community around us. Um, Pat first, then Emily.
4: Okay. Uh, hi everyone. I'm Patrick, and I came to All Saints English about a year ago. Um, so I attended church regularly with my parents since I was young, and I truly accepted Christ when I was about eight or nine, and I got baptized when I was fourteen. And when I was in my parents' church, I attended like the weekly services and the children and youth programs on Sundays, but I wasn't active in church in any other ways. And so, for the most part, I thought that being a Christian was a solo journey, and that as long as I truly believed in Christ, that's all that matters. And I didn't understand why being a Christian meant that I had to work with others. So as I grew older and my interactions with my church friends became lesser and lesser, church just became this weekly lecture session about the Bible to me. And so last year when I was serving in the Boys' Brigade as a primer, I shared my feelings about church with Pastor Joseph, and he invited me to join 516 on Saturdays. And initially I was reluctant, But after attending a few services, I I began to realize that church is a lot more than just listening to one person, talk in front here on the Bible. But community is the main part of it. And as I started to make friends in 516, and after I joined a cell here, I realized that having like minded Christians working with me is so important, and helping in keeping my faith strong. And so I began to enjoy coming to church more and more. So after coming to All Saints, I also found that there are many ways to serve God, using the gifts that he has blessed us with. And in this short one year, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to serve God in the planning of our youth camp last year, as well as the youth of our program that we had in March with the AHS students. And seeing how I could make a difference in building a community here made me realize that community was that one thing that was so important, but missing in my work with Christ. And so I'm, I'm also thankful that my 12 years learning the piano didn't go to waste, as I was given the opportunity to learn worship keyboard and to serve on the worship team both in uh the main and five sixteen services. So moving forward, I hope that I can continue serving God in the ways that He has called me to. And I pray that I will not forget the importance of community in my growth as a Christian and I'll always treasure it. Thank you.
5: Hey, hi everyone, uh my name is Emily and I actually just joined All Saints, specifically 516 in March. And I'm actually loving every moment, every weekend I'm here. So thanks to the people I know <laughs> right now. So for those who went to church camp, would know that because um, I shared this similar testimony on the last day of church camp, that I've been trying to find a community for at least five years, and I left my previous church right uh, two years, around two years before COVID. And I've been trying to find a spiritual home since around 2019 while attending a mega church on and off. I was truly lost. Uh. I was like kind of a lost ship trying to find her way home, trying to find uh, God, trying to find my parents, trying to find what's the path, what's, where is, what am I going to do, where am I going to be in that situation. And when I graduated and I got the job opportunity in Singapore, God told me to delay my studies and just have faith and just come over. So not long after my arrival, I met Chi Han, who is now my boyfriend, and he invited me to all Saints. So and as I gradually attended more services and meeting new friends, God gave me the peace in my heart and an assurance that this is the place I was searching high and low for. I'm actually truly thankful to have a wonderful self-group. She shi Jenna, Isaiah, Irvin, Alex, Louis. <laughs> 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 they are really kind of a family uh, right now to me. Yeah. So God has brought me to this community and rekindled my spark for Him. My love for God is growing stronger by the day and wanting to praise and serve Him passionately. That's why you see me singing and praising and worshipping today. So God is actually truly the best. He knows we are not created to be loners. So in His plan and timing, He will place us with the right people where we can speak into each other's lives and spur each other closer to God. Thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, earlier this week, Emily was like, after church, came, I feel God calling me to worship Him again? And then, she messaged me that at 10 p.m. at night. Then that night, I dreamt of her singing. And next day, I, Emily, you want to sing? Yes, I now I sing. <laughs> but this proclamation is not just meant to be something that we do to each other; that we proclaim God's love and God's community to one another in this place. It's meant to overflow. It's meant to overflow into the nations beyond, into our schools, into our workplaces, to proclaim the love of God in that way as well. And that stirring is done in community. That stirring is done when we speak into each other's lives and we remind each other of the truth and the reality of God. But it doesn't end there. It's not, yeah, God is great, I feel shocked. But we move from that and allow that to stir our hearts and spur us on to proclaim Him beyond our four walls. We're going to have one more story from Tia Kai. Um, and Jie Kai, for about five weeks during the intern period this year with Don and Tihan were our full interns. He's an ex-AHS student. He's also our ex-BB boy. Um, and as he came to know us, he felt like he wanted to be part of this community. Um, I would let him share his story, but he's someone who gives his best as he serves. He sets the highest standards for himself. Um, throughout Alpha, all right? He's someone who can sleep from three a.m. wake up at one p.m. one, but then during the alpha period, eight forty-five a.m. I haven't even come office yet. He said, "Hey, Joe, I waiting at back gate." Hey, huh? <laughs> right, and and that's just and that just shows like his heart to serve. And I'm just gonna let him share his story.
3: Thank you, Pastor Joseph. <laughs> Why is the mic so? Uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Jekai. Uh So, uh, like many of the other members of Five Sixteen, I'm actually like a newer member. And before joining this church, I was part of another church. Uh, of course, why am I saying that? Uh, <laughs> at uh, Topayo Chinese Methodist, very far from here. Now I think about it. Uh, <laughs> and when I was, I was at a church for almost thirteen years. And while I was at the church for those thirteen years, right, uh, I didn't really. <coughs> wow, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I didn't really uh get to I guess give to God as much as I'd like to, because when I was young, at most I just attend like Sunday school, and when I got slightly older, around. Uh, eight years old from primary three onwards. I served in children's choir for a while. Can you imagine like when I was like this height in like ropes twice my size, singing on stage with like five other people that also were forced to <laughs> sing on stage. And uh, and in those, after those 13 years, sadly for that church, the, their youth services started to dwindle in numbers. So I decided to join All Saints. Which was in my secondary school, and when I came to All Saints, at first I was really—it was really similar to my first church, actually, where I just attended service and just like carried out regular church activities. I didn't really get a chance to give back to God, and that changed recently. Uh, this year, actually, when my Poly year-end holidays came about, and Pastor Joseph, I should really stop saying that, sorry. Joe (laughs) came up to me and said, "Uh, do you mind helping to volunteer for Youth Alpha? So, of course, I accepted. Mainly because my parents wanted me to get a job during the holidays and didn't like it that I was staying at home all the time and said that I should get something to do and earn money. If not, they'll kick me out. (laughs) And so I did. And it was a very grueling... (laughs) Three weeks of preparation for an event that lasted three days. So in those three weeks uh, I was part of logistics with Patrick who presented earlier. I was like we had to Almost two men party it and we had to like run around Settling all these events for an alpha which is supposed to just be a cell group meeting and pastor Joseph turned it into a three-day carnival Through logistics, hell. Um, I don't want to do that again, please. This this year, Alpha, please don't do that. Now. It's not go back to working my part time job. I don't want to go back to working my part time job. <laughs> Anyways, during that Alpha, right, uh, it was actually one of the biggest Alphas that we've ever organized in this church where multiple youths confessed their genuine desire to want to know God better and while that seems very normal for some of you older church members uh it's very it's a very new experience to me and it was the first time i got to really share my faith and gospel with other youth the effort that went into the alpha paid off three weeks of effort and when i saw the hand and the responses at the very last day of the youth alpha showing all the youth willing to learn more about god i felt this genuine wave of emotion (laughs) that i had helped god's kingdom to grow even by just a little bit and despite how tiring it was i would gladly do it again in a heartbeat so it's my first time giving back to god from the bottom of my heart will hopefully not be my last and i highly encourage you to find ways to share god's truth to those around you as well thank you
1: You already say you do again in a heartbeat, but don't worry, I will find more people to help you this time. It won't be two people running around like some crazy person. Um, This is absolutely impromptu. Ethan just came up to me and said, now I want to share too." (laughs) Backstory, okay? I asked him to share two weeks ago, then he said, the one. Then he just came up to me and whispered and said, you know, after I rejected you, right, I had a devotion that should share your testimony, and now I I cannot move unless I share. Okay, so I'm going to let Ethan just come
6: and share. I don't know those three ladies in front. They're my aunties and mom, by the way. (laughs) Good evening, church. Um, My name's Ethan. I'm 16 years old, believe it or not. And this is my testimony of how I came to Christ. So, um, okay, I got the numbers wrong at Youth Alpha, but... um, about eight years ago, which is basically 10 years, right? We can say that eight years is basically 10 years, I came to this church. I remember it was my auntie who brought me and my mom and my brother. We stumbled into this badminton hall thinking, why is it so cold in here? Oh, what's that like, podium over there? Oh, what is this? And I remember that was my very first sermon. I met people like like some of the youths here and, and, and more adults. And as the sermons, as the, as, the, as the church sessions went on, I learned that they were really kind and really welcoming people here, and that really made me inclined to love the people here, love the food, like after service, the sausage buns, the sausage buns are so good, and yeah, that was really all church was to me, it was just friends, food, games, food, did I mention the food? And yeah, I I never really spared a thought for the God part about it, I I knew all the scriptures, I, okay, not all the scriptures, but during agape class when I, I heard readings, when when we did discussions about it, I knew about those things, but I never really made the effort to go more in depth to it or to even explore what Christianity was about until I think this one occurrence that really made me go like, whoa, that's really weird. So um, I, I used to have two cats. They're called Mocha and Latte. They're very cute. They go meow. And there was this one night, there was this one night, uh, no, there was this one night, yeah, when my family realized that Mocha was gone. So we were like, oh no, where could Mocha have gone? We were searching around the house. We were taking the cat treats. We were like, Mocha, over here, Mocha. And we couldn't find Mocha, right? He was gone. And, and this was something that I had never thought would happen. In my mind, I always thought at the back of my mind, like, damn, it would be weird if we lost our cats, right? And it actually happened. So I remember that night, my mom went out to go and search. And she, she combed the whole blocks. So we thought he ran out of the house. So she combed the whole HDB block. We couldn't find him. And, and while she was out, I called her. I said, "Hey, mom, uh, how about me and Evan? Evan's my brother, by the way. Uh, should we go out? And should we also help to go check?" And she said, "Yeah, sure. That'd be great." So we left the house, and I remember Evan and I—we were walking down like flights, like we were walking down the stairs, checking the corridors. I was telling Evan, "Like, dude, if if the last time we saw Mocha was when we left for school in the morning, and he's not here anymore, where could he be, right? Like, this this cat was like almost like like a best friend to me, and the fact that he was gone was something that I had never really imagined." And then. So I was telling Evan about like, yo, we're never gonna find this cat, man. Like, I think we should just give up this cat hunt. And then, I turned the corner, and I hear like a little, meow. Mocha is right there. I was like, Mocha is right there. And the reason why I freaked out so hard to this was because the night, because during the day, while my mom was searching for the cat, I was praying that we could find the cat later in the day. So I picked Mocha up like this, and I brought him back to the house, and then when my mom and all of us came back, we were like, "Mocha." And I think that was like really the first prayer that I realized was really answered by God. I think throughout the next few months, I really started praying more. I started. I even started doing a Bible app. I remember my cell group in in five sixteen. It was like me uh, and a few other youths. We all agreed to do this. You know those like the Bible app where it has like a Bible plan. We all agreed. Like, okay, guys, let's do this Bible plan together. We did three days, and then we never did it again. But then I just, I just randomly decided to start doing a Bible app. And since then, I've been doing it every single day. And more and more prayers like, and, and more things, they have just lined up in my life. And I think this response from God, this, this, the callings that I have seen in correlation to my life, I think that's really what has driven me to live a life more centered around God, to change my morals, to change my decisions, to change my my judgment, and the people that I mix with. And I don't say that as for the bad. I think all these things in God's time, they really do make a difference for the good. So yeah, I'm just really happy that I found my cat, and that I'm here now in this wonderful community. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Meow. This is a generation that longs to make a difference. This is a generation that when they catch the heart of what God is doing, they are absolutely unashamed in sharing the works of God in this way. Last thing, one last story, and then we'll call it a day. That for us as generations to begin to speak into each other's lives, the one final point is just to embrace the work of God. Very, very quickly, look at the way David writes this. The Lord is merciful and gracious. The Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all that He has made. There is a true and present reality to this love of God. There is a truth and a present reality to this love of God, and we can experience Him through each other. And as a church that longs to become a church that speaks from generation to generation, this idea of being a church that is a true and present representation of God's love to each other becomes all the more true because we are going to rub each other the wrong way. But in times like that, we remember what brings us together. We remember the God that we serve, and that is what brings us together. Above any generation gap, above anything like that, we remember the Christ that we serve, and we stand together as one. As our church camp theme song when we'll stand firm on the God of generations. Wait, wait, wait. Got one more story before you all come up. The the band want to sing the song already. Uh, (laughs) And as we learn to embrace that together, that's how we are going to stand firm together and proclaim the same God from generation to generation. One final story to end for today. This is Kaiser. Where's Kaiser? Come Kaiser! What am I calling the cat like that? (laughs) Mocha? He's he's one of the. (laughs) He's one of the first guys um, I I met three years ago now two years ago now um when I started in Anglican High School I think he's my second sec one batch one of the first guys that I met that year, and honestly when when he was um sec one I think he'll agree too he was quite annoying. And as much as I felt bad doing it, like there were times where I would just uh, have no other choice, would not let him know that I'm in the office so that I can get work done. Uh, <laughs> but I never felt good doing that, and I'm thankful that he didn't run away. Oh, that's so ironic when we talked about Mocha, never mind. Um, but this guy, this guy, um, he's just grown leaps and bounds across the past two years from someone, I'm gonna let him share his story, but he's just someone who now has such a deep heart for God, a deep longing for God, and he's someone who's chasing after God with all that he is. And I'm just so proud of how far he has come and how much he has matured. And so this is Kaiser's story. And then we'll sing the song.
7: Okay, so hi, everyone. I just want to thank you all for coming for our service today, especially our friends from Australia who've come all the way here. So my name is Kaiser, and I want to share my testimony with you. I'm relatively new to 516, only joining them around, like, 2021. So, wow, that's quite long <laughs> getting older <laughs> anyways, as a child I grew up in a Buddhist family but I never fully embraced the practices although I respected Christian values, Christianity just seemed like it was a other like, religion ah. but as I continued my life as a Buddhist right? I think during that time I was unaware of this incredible truth that awaited me in God So it wasn't until I joined Anglican High that things began to change. There I began to learn more about the Christian faith and its core essence. Through the Trinity, the Living Word and what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus, my eyes were opened to a new understanding. But it wasn't an easy journey, ah. I faced a lot of opposition from my parents and my relatives, which made it very challenging for me to continue to pursue Christ. So during this time, I developed a deep thirst for, for God. For God. I yearned to understand who he truly was. And that's when I joined a Bible study group with Joe. So together, right, we embarked on a journey toward Christ, exploring various topics. Most of our members were students from AHS, and as we worshiped God together, we began to truly grasp the nature of our Lord. Looking back, I realized that joining that group, right, was a true blessing. It allowed me to strengthen my belief in Christianity and transform into a better person than I used to be. Throughout the past year, I faced significant events that impacted me greatly. From the painful loss of a dear friend to contracting COVID. However, in every difficulty, I found God guiding and leading me, just as He did in the book of Exodus. One particular moment that stands out is when we had a speaker during counterculture last year. That's the camp by the way. His words deeply resonated with me as I as he spoke about being a countercultural Christian. He encouraged us to pray together and surrender ourselves as living sacrifices to God, just as the apostle Paul had said. After the sermon, there was a call for prayer and I stepped forward. Fu Wen prayed for me and in that exact moment, I felt an overwhelming sense of God's presence. It was as if, right? He was drawing me closer towards him, signaling me to become his disciple. What's even more incredible is what happened afterward. When I opened the U Version Bible app, right, the verse of the day, right, happened to be the same exact verse, right, that the speaker had shared during his sermon. It felt like it was more than a coincidence, it was God's way of being anonymous, affirming my spiritual journey and igniting a spark within me. So lately, I've taken on the role of sharing the word of God with younger people, basically my age, and I feel called to preach his message and guide them towards him just as others have led me. I'm reminded of the words in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, where Jesus calls us to make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's my story. It's a testament to how God can transform and lead us on an incredible journey. Despite the challenges and doubts along the way, I have found my purpose in spreading His love and truth. Thank you.
1: Invite us just to stand. And maybe we can do this. um, Just invite us to maybe just cross the aisles and come and just stand around the youths or just stretch out your hands to the youths um, today I'm just gonna pray for them and then I want us to declare this song together as one church we're gonna sing our church camp theme song and we're gonna sing it as our declaration over ourselves we're gonna sing it as our declaration over this generation so I invite you to stretch out your hands towards the youth first and then we're gonna sing it together God, we thank you for this new work that you're doing in our midst. Lord, we thank you for every life that you have impacted in this place. Lord, we know that you are the God who is restoring all things new. And Lord, we pray for this church. We pray for the youths. We pray for us to stand together as one generation who declares your name to be a people who remember you, a people who proclaim you, and a people who embrace your truth. Lord, we pray for these youths today. Lord, today as we just commit them into your hands, Lord, be their strength, be their guide. Lord, speak truth into their lives and let them, Lord, shine as lights for you like never before. Let them be, as our youth theme verse says, that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let them be that salt and light to this world. Let them be a living testimony of what it means to shine for you, to embrace what it means to be Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 shine for you wherever they have been placed to declare your word from generation to generation Oh, we pray for us as a church right now we pray that you lead and guide us together all for the glory of our King we will stand firm on the God of generations let's sing this together